I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Um, today's episode is going to be all about back to school nutrition. We think that when you guys hear this, it'll hopefully be around time where everyone's going back to school. We're going to kind of aim this towards people going to college, whether it's freshman year, sophomore year, whatever year it is. Um, I guess some things can apply to like high schoolers as well, but it will be aimed mostly at college age students. We're going to go over how nutrition, you know, affects our academic performance, talk about things like caffeine, how to navigate the dining halls, um, how to like cook in your dorm room, that kind of stuff. So if you are a college student looking to better your health, you have found the perfect episode. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, let's jump right in. So I really do want to start by talking about kind of like the why behind this episode. So why it is so important to be in good health in general when you are trying to perform academically. Um, Studies do show that those who eat a balanced diet, which we've kind of defined in the past as being very different for everyone. And if you really don't know what a balanced diet is for you, I recommend working with a dietitian. But anyway... Um, A balanced diet can be beneficial for you to perform academically, to help improve your grades. It can help you so you don't get sick as often. And I know, especially if you're a freshman, like first going into college, the chances of you getting sick are pretty high. You're exposed to like all these new people or immune systems are just like all out of whack sometimes. Like I know freshman year, I got sick like so much. I don't know about you, Emily, but I was like sick. I feel like a ton freshman year. I think I was sick all throughout college. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Personal problem. (laughs) It's so true. So that could be a good reason to get in a balanced diet. Um, Other reasons that this is important is it helps with depression and anxiety um, and improve concentration as well. So a lot of good reasons to eat healthfully when trying to be a good student. Yeah. And we're going to kind of dive into a study we really wanted to touch on where they found that one in four college students gain a significant amount of weight during that first semester of college. And you've probably heard of the freshman 15. I feel like that's something almost everyone knows going in and they really wanted to kind of dive into what factors were contributing to the significant weight gain. And one of them was the access to buffet styles in buffet style dining halls. It's kind of all you can eat. There's no limitation on what you can and cannot have in terms of quantity. And this can kind of change depending on the college. I know if like they have a specific type of meal plan, but buffet style is pretty popular. In addition to that, late night eating while studying since A lot of college students stay up pretty late studying and they might be, have increased hunger needs at that time. So you're typically not going to go and eat some vegetables at (laughs) 1am. You're going to snack on like 
some chips or candy or something. In addition to that, a lot of students they found were eating cheaper types of food or more convenient foods such as ramen because ramen is crazy cheap. And yeah, for any type of college student, that's going to be a preference because we're kind of all poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then something I wanted to note that they did not really go over in this study, but I felt like this is something that's kind of a taboo topic that I wanted to bring up and let any college students know that are going either new to college or a couple of years out from going to college is I think a significant amount of this weight gain is related to drinking alcohol. And I know like no one really talks about, people do talk about underage drinking, but they talk a lot about why not to drink or they're like, don't drink if you're underage, but kind of experience I had, I was an RA at Purdue and we kind of had to change our mindset around they're going to do it even if you tell them not to. And sometimes the more you tell them not to, the more they will want to do it. Yep. So that can backfire, but kind of educating on the potential negative side effects of that. And one of those is weight gain. And we talked about in our last, not our last, our last episode that came out right now, we're recording a couple of weeks ago episode where we discuss alcohol is there is a lot of calories in alcohol especially if you participate in binge drinking often those calories can add up and can transfer over into weight gain so that's something I really think at least the freshman 15 can be really contributed to because everyone it is like convenience food it is you're kind of living away from home for the first time you can see whatever you want but something that a lot of people don't talk about is how much drinking has an effect on weight gain. Yeah. I like how you brought that up because you're right. It's not really talked about in terms of like nutrition. It's talked about because of like the dangers of drinking and you shouldn't drink under 21 and that kind of thing. But nutritionally, you're right. It doesn't get talked about very often. And like, whether you're 18 or 23, like you're still going to risk having that excess intake of calories if you are binge drinking regularly. So no matter what your age is, whether you're drinking legally or illegally, the nutritional negatives are still there either way. Exactly. Okay. Um, let's talk about dining halls. So what you said earlier is very true. Like different colleges are very different in terms of like what meal plans they have. They don't all do buffet style. Like I know when I visited Ross at IU, I don't think it was buffet style, but he was only in the dorms for one year. So I don't really remember very much. So if anyone from IU is listening and I'm wrong, let me know. But <laughs> I know that Purdue is like very much buffet style, every single dining court. I think there's like what, five or six of them. Yeah, they were all buffet style. They had some like cafes and things where you would go and use like your dining dollars to buy, you know, like a hamburger or whatever. But for the most part, it was the main dining courts were all buffet style. Um, and when you are like fresh to college and you are have all this access to this amount of food, it's pretty normal and like expected to want to overeat. Um, I feel like it kind of like tapers off after that first semester. You kind of like get used to having that access to food so much. And you like don't get as excited by it anymore. And so uh, I guess in the study, I didn't look too much 
too much into it, but I'm wondering like after that first semester, hopefully it kind of like tapers off the weight gain. I doubt you're just like gaining 15 pounds every semester. No, I don't think, I think it definitely is that initial yeah. exposure to the environment. Exactly. Exactly. So take it with what it is. I mean, absolutely enjoy yourself, get the full experience of having all those new foods that you get to have, depending on your meal plan, hopefully like in an unlimited fashion, but do know that that isn't really going to benefit you long-term if you are just like, you know, going crazy at the dining courts. Mm -hmm. But best things to do to kind of navigate that is to, first of all, plan ahead. Most of them do have like their menus posted. So you can kind of like look at all of them and see who does have the best option for you, whether it's like whatever tastes the best, whatever might be the healthiest option for you that day. Um, Do try to just plan ahead the best you can and experiment. You have all these different new foods at a lot of dining courts, at least at Purdue, they had like different cuisines um, and even like different dining courts themselves, like had different focuses. So you could really try to experiment with new foods and see what you liked. Um, That was actually the next bullet point too, trying to get familiar with all the different cuisines and you know even if you're not someone who say typically does like vegetarian style feel free to like experiment with like different vegetarian dishes or um maybe you don't always do I don't know like Indian food maybe try like an Indian dish and see if you like it um another way to kind of help yourself maybe not overindulge as much would be to try to get in plenty of protein at your meals. So instead of, you know, going hard on like the French fries, the tater tots, the, I don't know what else they might have, like baked beans, for example, I guess you can have those things, of course, but do try to get in plenty of protein at your meals as well, because that will help you stay full for longer. So you don't feel the need to get like three plates of food. You might get a lot more satisfied if you did like some chicken breast and then also had your starches on there as well. Um, and then our last little point here is they often will have a lot of those like super easy, I guess, like convenience foods that you maybe are comfortable with. Like again, like burger and fries. Oh, I'm like blanking on like all the different foods we used to have. Like Like, pizza is a big one. Pizza is a good one. Pizza, pasta. Like barbecue. um, Yeah. Barbecue, hot dogs. And again, there's a place for those, you know, Emily and I are not anti any kind of food at all. All food should be enjoyed in moderation, but when you have burgers and pastas and that kind of stuff day in and day out, three meals a day, it's likely that you might be overdoing it a little bit. So do try to, again, add variety, maybe just eat those foods on occasion. And then when you can try to add like fruits and veggies to your meals as well to help you not only add some color and get some different vitamins and minerals, but also help you just add some volume. So you do kind of fill up a little bit faster than you would if you were just eating like a plate of fries where you could probably eat like three plates of fries and still not feel full. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to note, especially with what Hannah kind of mentioned all throughout is like a common theme of overindulging yourself. These foods are not going anywhere and they're not going to be a one time and done unless it's like, a holiday or a special event, um, then the food will probably not come back. But the dining halls typically function on like a three to four week cycle. And even then there will still be variety. But I know at Purdue with the menu, I'm like, I'm blanking on the name of the app, but you could actually get notifications when specific items were available. So like, yeah, some people really enjoyed 
for example, like the what, first one I'm thinking of is they have a mac and cheese bar at, I think Windsor was most popular there, but people would mark that and then they'd get a notification for whenever that came up. So when you go to a dining hall, you might see a lot of food that you like and might want to try it all. And you can definitely do a little bit of everything, but you might end up eating a bit more and become a bit more uncomfortably full. But there's a very, it's almost a guarantee those foods will show up again. And this is not your last time you will have access to them. Yeah, it'd be pretty expensive and hard for them to manage in terms of like food service type of things if they just had like different foods every single day, every single week. I think where I worked, I worked at one of the athletic dining halls on campus. And I think we had a six week cycle, but I'm not sure if that was the same as the regular ones. It might've been like three or four. Um, but yeah, they have repeats constantly kind of, you kind of honestly get a little tired of having the same thing after like that first semester, because it is just the same things just on repeat over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right. So we want to touch on caffeine. I don't know. I said it like that. Caffeine, <laughs> caffeine, <laughs> one word, caffeine next. That's what I want to go over next. So we want to go over kind of what the limit is on that. It's very, very typical and kind of like, uh, I don't know if taboo is the right word to be very into caffeine as a college student. A lot of people really depend on it. Um, and as we know, that's not the greatest thing in the world. If you are overdoing it, um, getting your sleep is so much more important than you staying up all night. And then just like having three monsters, it's not going to be good for your health, obviously in any way. Um, and probably not for your grades either. Honestly, it's in my opinion, it's more important for your mental health and your academic performance to get a good night's sleep rather than studying all night. It's just not going to benefit you most likely. Um, but anyway, in terms of caffeine, the just very general, recommendation is like having no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. That seems to be like a very typically safe amount for most healthy adults. Um, that looks like about like four or five cups of coffee, which I have never had that much coffee in a day. My most is like two cups. That seems like a lot no. to me. Um, we want to go over some of the other different general caffeinated drinks and how much caffeine is in in them so a cup of coffee is anywhere from like I've heard like 80 to 100 milligrams of caffeine depending on um, what kind you do a cup of tea has like 26 milligrams give or take monster energy drinks have about 160 milligrams red bulls a little bit less at 111 111 milligrams um I don't know how much those five hour energy has but those are also a really common one as well yeah. And these but, are kind of all average averages because yeah. like there are so many different varieties of monsters and obviously how you take your coffee will be different and different teas, but this is kind of what we found to be like the average of one equivalent. Yeah. And it's important to note that the monster energy one, it's actually technically two servings. So the 160 is I added in both the servings. So I feel like most people I knew did not just kind of drink half and then yeah, save the rest for another day. <laughs> they kind of drink yeah. it all in one. Exactly. Um, other popular ones are probably similar in terms of caffeine or like those bang energy drinks right now. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I know as people I work with really like the Celsius drinks. Those have like oh, I think yeah, yeah. 200 milligrams for a bottle. 
I don't do the energy drinks, but I'm loving like Alani New. Have you ever heard of them before? I think I have. They have like the really pretty marketing. Like it's like super colorful, like really pretty designs. Anyway, Mm -hmm. those are also really popular right now. Still like a, I think it's like 200 milligrams as well for one of those. Dang. So have me jumping off walls. (laughs) I know. I know. Me too. One cup of coffee and I'm good. So anyway, we tell you all this just to help you be aware of how much caffeine really is in these things. And I want to go over some of the different side effects of having too much caffeine. So um, biggest one I've experienced as well is like jitters. You know, you kind of have too much and you just like feel like your heart's going to pop out of your chest. Um, Increased anxiety, which you don't need more of that if you're in college. (laughs) GI discomfort, changes in your heart rate. It can disrupt your sleep cycle. So I recommend if you do have caffeine, cutting it off at like noon, two o'clock. That's my own personal like rule that I kind of follow. Um, that can really help. So you don't have it disrupt your sleep. And then you can absolutely get like addicted to caffeine. And so having it in these large quantities can make it difficult to get away from it when you no longer feel the need to have that much caffeine anymore. And you can go through like a caffeine withdrawal, which can include like sleepiness, headaches, lethargy, is it lethargy or lethargy? I never know how to say that word. I say lethargy, but I feel like that's yeah. that's like the fancy way of saying it. So that's why I say it. lethargy. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm lethargic. You don't say lethargic. like lethargic. That's true. That's true. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> um, and then lastly, flu-like symptoms as well. So like that feeling of just like body aches and that sort of thing. Yeah. And something really important to note with caffeine is your iced coffee in the morning is not equivalent to breakfast or even lunch to that matter. If like you ate a little breakfast and then you have a lot going on with classes, you're like, oh, I don't have time to eat. I'll just have, I'll just grab a coffee. That is not equivalent to a meal. Caffeine is not going to give, provide you with the same amount of energy that food will. So it's really important that you're prioritizing either like preparing a meal to bring with you beforehand, or you're scheduling yourself. So you have enough time to run to a dining court or to go to like an on the go type of thing, because caffeine will give you that initial spark of energy and then you will crash really badly. And yeah, it'll affect all aspects of your life that day. And we don't want to that. We don't want to build that reliance on caffeine. Yeah. I have so many patients. I see that say, I'm like, what do you do for breakfast? Usually like, Oh yeah, coffee. And then lunch is like maybe a sandwich or a salad. And then dinner is everything they can find in the house. What happens when you skip meals is that, yeah, you may not really feel hungry in the morning or like even throughout the day, but then it all comes back later and you just, get those cravings that are just like through the roof where you're just like ravenous for everything. So that's another reason to kind of get in that consistent intake is that if you just do coffee and then just had that to like two o'clock, you're probably going to make up for it later. And in terms of like a binging episode. Yeah, exactly. So our next topic of discussion is dorm room cooking. And this is kind of a, a tricky subject because a lot of residence halls don't allow like I think hot plates is the name of the like open-faced yeah cooking appliance (laughs) yeah Um, but they will typically allow microwaves and fridges which 
can be very helpful for college students, especially when you're needing a like easy and quick meal because you have so much else going on. So if you do have access to a microwave, we wanted to just kind of go over some easy meal items you could have on hand. One of those is being soups. Obviously don't stick the can in the microwave because that is metal and we don't want you to <laughs> hurt yourself in or anyway or start some combustion or something. We do not want that. Uh, but you, there are, you could bring like bowls with you, uh, like ceramic bowls and stuff. I'm trying to, I don't know what else uh, bowls are made of. I'm just thinking of ceramic bowls. Don't stick plastic bowls in microwave. Like, Some of them I don't you know can. if that's a hard, I don't it know usually if that's like says, a strong rule. It usually says like on the bottom of it, like if it's okay, microwave okay. safe or not. Okay. I normally avoid plastic just because I'm, it makes me nervous, but yeah. Good to note, check the bottom of your check bowl. Check the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Same for cups. Same for cups. Yes. Yes. But soups are super easy because you just kind of, a lot of people make soup on a stove, but you can do the equivalent in a microwave as well. This is helpful for when you're sick. <laughs> just happened to me all the time. Because you will be sick in college. Yes. <laughs> so many germs everywhere. I know. Get your chicken noodle soup. Or your clear broth soup that will be a lifesaver yeah um additionally we wrote down mac and cheese just because that is a very easy meal to go to you could add some like vegetables and protein sources in there to make it a bit more satisfying and help you stay full longer obviously we don't want you eating mac and cheese for every meal but it <laughs> is this is a realistic list of yeah what college students can eat because we're not going to tell you to go create a three course meal for yourself when you have like 15 minutes to prepare a meal. That's yeah. not going to be realistic in college. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then additionally, lent there's a lot of really awesome like lentils and bean packets and like the rice and quinoa packets that you can get from your store that, that you can microwave it in one to two minutes. And it's like, two to three servings of whatever starch or protein in. There it is. You can eat it plain. You can add it with something and make it super easy to eat and it's convenient for you. Additionally, microwaves are essential for leftovers. If you like to heat up your leftovers, that is, I was actually having a discussion with someone the other day about how they don't like to um, heat up their leftovers and I'm afraid of that. So I like my leftovers really warm. Like so. they would just like eat like chicken and rice cold. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, like my dad's like that and he kind of scares me with that because he'll eat anything cold, like anything. Oh my gosh. And I don't like that. Like, especially when it's something that might solidify that first <laughs> like a soup or like a chili kind of thing oh yeah no 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 <laughs> so that's why a microwave is essential if you go out to eat one night and you're thinking about maybe like oh I don't want to bring this back with me because I can't heat it up sometimes there are community microwaves on either the floors or in the middle of whatever dorm you're in and you can utilize that but that's why they're very easy and cool 
user-friendly too, normally, I guess. Microwaves are not a sponsor for this episode, by the way. I wish they were though. Yeah, some Microwaves, if you're listening. (laughs) Microwaves. We'd love to be a sponsor. (laughs) Yes, but yes. Um, And then the last note relating to microwaves is (laughs) if you have access to a fridge in your room you can keep a lot of pre-made meals there are so many at the grocery store where they're kind of like I don't want to say like tv dinners but like that kind of ideology where like it's everything you need in one and all you do is heat it up like a lean cuisine kind of thing lean cuisine healthy choice those guys yes yes okay yeah yeah but that's another thing that we want to look at, like, stay away. We don't want to rely too much on that because, like, the sodium content's probably really high, um, probably a bit higher in calories, which is totally okay if you're running around a bunch and you need those calories in college. Yeah. But those are also a great option, and having a microwave makes it very easy to heat them up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're the expert on this dorm room stuff as – you were an RA through like all of college. I never, that's some, I feel like that's a disclaimer I should note. I've never lived in an apartment by myself and had to cook my, for myself. So take what I say with a grain of salt. Cause that's what I I'm always, here for. I'll chime in. If anything you say yeah, is whack. Yeah, yeah. Hannah is the pro meal prepper and apartment <laughs> college liver. I am the pro how to navigate dining courts Yeah, for four years. <laughs> My gosh, I almost forgot that you did that for four years. That's crazy. Yeah. Granted, my my time as an RA, I was an apartment style. So like That's I true. actually had like a stove and oven and stuff, which yeah, most people don't. So like kind of apartment living, but I didn't have to cook for myself. So right, you have the dining core experience still. Yeah. Yeah. A weird time. But <laughs> I like almost forgot about all of that. And you're like, I did it <laughs> in my head forever. <laughs> that was my full-time job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next appliance that is not sponsored for this video is the mini fridge. <laughs> but again, mini fridge, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd love to have you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we definitely endorse what you're doing in your industry. Yes, well done. You are yeah. killing it. <laughs> but Oftentimes, a lot of people will either get a mini fridge to share with their roommate, or if they're living by themselves, it's always good to have one on hand. This is really great for if you need to keep any type of foods at your leisure, and it needs to be refrigerated, because obviously, there are a lot of foods that need to be refrigerated, and (laughs) we don't want you just letting it sit out on the (laughs) shelf. (laughs) So... (laughs) Some of examples with this is like going back to the leftovers, since a microwave helped heat it up, your fridge will help store your leftovers. If you've never experienced leftovers before, this is how that works. I know some people like really will not eat leftovers. Like I have people I know that just won't touch them. I love leftovers. I am passionate about leftovers and I've gone to restaurants with people where like they have half a dish left and they'll leave it. I'm like, that's a crime. I will take your leftovers. <laughs> like, that's like, that should be illegal. That's so wrong. I know. I'm like, 
like food waste one two you you pay for the whole meal you probably paid like 30 bucks for that like yeah you can experience it again another day it won't be like it'll probably be different a little different because yeah of how it's cooked but like still ross and i like to like like vamp it up like say i got like some potatoes and steak for dinner i'd like add it to my eggs the next morning for example Ooh, that's so i like to like yeah yeah I like to make it, since it won't be as good, since it's leftovers, I like to like make it into a new dish somehow. That's so smart. Yeah. That's a helpful tip. That's what I'm here for. Get creative. That's right. (laughs) Um, But some, I guess like dorm room staples you could keep in your fridge are like yogurts, cheese, fruits, vegetables. If you want to just want to easily snack on those, if you're not the best at eating fruits and vegetables you could just keep those on hand like wash them a little bit in your hopefully a community sink I don't know I don't think don't go to the bathroom sink because what I think there's a rule you can't do that like no food down the sink but also I don't want to wash my hands where there's like dirt from or like bugs (laughs) Uh, I think I I might be wrong let me know if I'm wrong about this but I think my freshman dorm had like a kitchenette like a community yes. kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you so can head on over there that. and rinse off your fruit and veg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then additionally, you could keep like some deli meats if you want to make sandwiches and like some like little condiment things. Or condiments are sold in so many different sizes. And also there are packets if like you didn't hear this from me, but <laughs> if you like grab a couple extra packets from the dining court then you could use it later those random podcasters said that i could so i know Purdue's gonna come after me and find me yeah they already find me like fifty thousand dollars so <laughs> true give us our free ketchup pack what's the difference at this point <laughs> but yes mini fridges and microwaves are i would say kind of the two essentials to having a good dorm room because also i know that i'm personally an individual that i will honestly eat more fruits and vegetables during my snacking times than sometimes my normal meals yeah that just kind of happens how that works out but like you're not gonna go to the dining court for like a couple grapes (laughs) right And sometimes like you have limited swipes, so you can't go in for your whatever you want. So that's why it's really convenient that whatever things you know that you like to eat kind of a little bits at a time, have those on hand in your room. So you don't have to use a swipe on that. And also it's super easy access. Yeah, exactly. And then our last point with dorm room cooking, I know this is titled cooking and there's kind of limited cooking but it's like dorm room eating (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but the kind of dry goods this does not need to go in the fridge at this point you're all good to go there you don't have to worry about that but some really great things to have on hand for especially snacks and if you're staying up late and need an energy source you could have like different types of nuts granola bars are really popular trail mix dried fruit is really awesome um preferred seasonings because sometimes i know if i'm eating something and i want to make it a bit more fun like 
having some like red pepper flakes or like everything but the bagel seasoning would be nice just to have on hand to make your meal a bit more fun. In addition, bread is always great. You can make like sandwiches and whatnot with that. I was supposed to say toast, but you can't, I don't think you can have a toaster. So you can have think so. bread with topping. <laughs> um, <laughs> then they call that a sandwich where I'm from. Or an, oh, I guess an open-faced sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. goes back to our sandwich. Oh, it's discussion. sandwiches world and we're just living in it. Yes. I don't remember what the topic. That was, was. our gluten episode, wasn't it? Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also English muffins are a really great option. If you just like want to put some butter on that or jam and boom, there you go. If you don't have time to run to dining court, you can eat that on the go. And additionally, microwavable popcorn. This is something that I feel like is very popular with. That was a oh, staple shit. for me. Because when I would get excited when I went to like your place and I'd get popcorn, even like it wasn't something wild that I couldn't have, but it felt special going and like, ooh, let's ha- like treat ourselves to some popcorn. Even though it wasn't really treating ourselves, it was like almost every time I went to your place, I'd have popcorn. Yeah. Or some type of snack. I remember but that. Having something easy like that is really beneficial. So I hope we provided you with some good ideas that you could keep in your dorm room if you need some extra food on the side and aren't able to go to your dining court and have limited entries. Yes, I love that. I think like my staples, I would do like the egg in a microwave thing sometimes. Oh yeah. I know there's a lot of, a lot of thoughts on that. It was pretty good. If you do it right, you can like add some cheese, some like bell peppers, maybe that was like one of my staples I would do on a busy morning. Cause I didn't have the unlimited swipe. So I could only do like, I forget how many it was, but like a certain number per week. So I usually would I think choose it was like 13. A- yes. It was I 13. only know this. Cause like we had the same one freshman year. Yeah. So like, you'd have to like plan it out yeah, for when I think you could it- eat. <laughs> I think it made it, it was like what two meals a day then so you had to like fend for yourself for at least one meal a day so I think for me that was usually like either lunch or dinner because I love getting like breakfast food at a buffet style thing like why would I say no to cinnamon rolls and <laughs> eggs and that kind of stuff it was so good exactly all right so our next little section here that we want to go over is healthy eating on a budget because like we said if you're in college you're probably on a strict budget because you're in college, you're in your <laughs> early twenties and paying out the butt for your tuition. Yay. Um, yay. <laughs> and then you pay until you're in your fifties. It's awesome. I'm not going to go into yay. that. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Is it worth it? I don't know. Another conversation for another podcast. <laughs> Show my bias a little bit. Okay. How to eat healthy on a budget. I feel like I have gotten pretty good at this. I am very frugal. I would say that I'm I'm, I'm very frugal. I'm very cheap. So I feel like I kind of excel in this area. Um, if your mini fridge has a freezer or, or like once you get into an apartment and you have like a full fridge and freezer, um, frozen fruits and veggies are a great option. They last for a long time. Super convenient. You don't have to worry about them going, going bad or anything. And people often, I know we've said it before and I forget which episode, but I have like patients ask me all the time if they have to get fresh and if you get canned and frozen, that's cool. Like you're still getting in your fruits and veggies that way. So go for it. Um, 
I think in our episode that will be out by now, we talk a lot more about like eating on a budget, like more specifically, but do try to look for items that are on sale using like either the app for that store or like their website or catalogs. If you can clip coupons, go for that. Um, disclaimer there though, don't use coupons on things that you don't need to use coupons for. We definitely touch on that a lot more in our in our meal planning and grocery shopping episode that we released a few weeks ago, probably when this comes mm-hmm. out. And then, oh yeah. Emily made a note to reference the grocery shopping tips episode. Okay, good call, Emily. So yeah, to hear more about healthy eating on a budget, we really, really dive into it a lot more in that episode. Um, But biggest takeaway is do try to use like frozen stuff if that helps you. Um, Definitely do leftovers. Um, I mean, truthfully, eating healthy can be fairly cheap if you're doing in general, just like your lean meats, your fruits and your veggies, your whole grains, like those foods don't have to be insanely expensive. You don't have to get organic. You don't have to like get the non-GMO, whatever. Just like eating very general healthful foods really isn't that expensive in general. Retweet. Retweet. I don't have much sad. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll handle the next one too because I feel like I've gotten pretty good at this too. So the next one is how to grocery shop for one. Um, I did that through sophomore, through after I graduated, I got pretty good at that. Now I only cook for two, so not much different there. Um, our first little tip here is to have a test trial, like spend a week kind of trialing to see how much you eat. So that like really goes for that like first week when you're on your own, no longer at home and you're trying to like see like, you're trying to like gauge what that like week of eating is gonna look like. And that can be even more beneficial like when you're out of the dining courts and kind of on your own. You might kind of fudge it up a little bit when you start grocery shopping for the first time on your own because you don't really know what you need to get. It's hard to kind of like start to gauge that. So give yourself grace. It takes time to really learn those skills. I feel like it took me a long time to learn how to shop for myself. It's kind of a science. Um, Like I mentioned a second ago, fruits and veggies can go bad kind of quickly if you, you know, like buy them at their peak ripeness, especially. So that also kind of takes time learning like how many to buy for yourself so you don't overdo it and then just throw it all away. What I will do if I get too much of like, say like bananas, we don't always eat those every day. So they tend to like get brown pretty fast. Um, I like to like freeze my fruits and veggies and peppers too. Oh, yeah, I always yeah. get like a lot of bell peppers and I always, if I don't get to them all in the week, I'll slice them up and freeze them. And then I'll use them for like fajitas. I'll add them to like scrambled eggs. So if you do feel like you're having a hard time, again, like using the word gauging, but like gauging how much of those to buy and you do overdo it, you don't have to throw them away. You can definitely reuse them in some other way. And usually for me, it's like freezing them is really beneficial. Um, Our next little tip is to buy in bulk of your favorite meals if you're able to. That way you like always have them on hand. So that goes back to like those lean cuisines, for example, always having them be like one or two of those in the freezers for those days where you just like, don't quite know what to eat. And that can prevent you from going out to eat and like spending money that you don't want to spend. Um, so always having stuff like that on hand, or I always try to have like those like frozen chicken, like the not breaded, like frozen chicken strips. I'll do something like mm-hmm. that. And I'll like add those to like some veggies and some quinoa or rice or something. And, you know, boom, super easy dinner right there. Um, and kind of 
along like the recipe idea thing there is if you ever get on Pinterest, I know we've bashed on it before. We also love it though. So it's kind of like a pros and cons thing with Pinterest. Yes. Um, but they have all <laughs> kinds of really great recipe ideas for cooking for one or two. They definitely have, people are very into that. So there's a whole bunch of different things on there that could help you out. Yes. So then kind of giving some of our top rated or I guess good potential ideas that we thought were best for college students that were easy enough that you could cook them in a decent amount of time and also not crazy expensive. We wanted to actually provide you guys with some examples of meals and snacks. So just to kind of go through some meal ideas we had jotted down, we are thinking like any type of stir fry with noodles. This can be really adding in any type of meat you want or protein source, whether that's like tofu or tempeh, while adding in any like, this can be great for like leftovers. If like your vegetables are getting a bit older, you can throw that into a stir fry and then add some noodles, add a, either create your own sauce that you really like or buy a pre-bought sauce that you really prefer. Throwing that all in a saucepan and cooking, that is a really easy option. Additionally, like pasta with broccoli or any other type of vegetable, pasta is really cheap and very easy to make. So that's a very easy and realistic meal option for college students. But by adding in those vegetables, you're kind of getting in your vegetable intake in a secret little way especially if you add like some type of sauce on it, then it kind of disguises it if you don't want to think about your broccoli or whatnot. Additionally, burrito bowls, I feel like are such a good idea for college students because all you really have to do is meal prep some rice ahead of time, the protein source, vegetables, and whatever else you kind of want ever in a burrito. And you can kind of just take those ingredients Put them in a Tupperware. Also, Hannah and I are avid Tupperware supporters. So also Tupperware, if you want to support this, sponsor us. Let us uh, know yeah. Tupperware. <laughs> um, but that's the great thing about burrito bowls is you can kind of just throw whatever you want all together and you have it all meal prepped and you can stick in the microwave. So I, I like to carry like glass Tupperware, although that's a bit more risky if you potentially drop it. But check your plastic containers if they're microwavable yeah. before you stick it in the microwave. I'll link my favorite glass ones from Amazon in our like links in the description. Perfect. Yes. Be sure to check out those links for good Tupperware recommendations. Additionally, like pesto chicken with vegetables, anything with eggs, because eggs are so cheap and very easy to kind of add to anything, whether you want to make like some type of breakfast sandwich, you can make it and fried rice you can just put it on top of toast and whatnot additionally roasting vegetables kind of prepping those all for the week you can just kind of throw whatever you want into a big pan spray it with some olive oil put whatever seasonings you want on top if you don't want to get too wild you can just do salt and pepper and keep it tame for now um and you just put it in the oven for a bit and then you'll can potentially have your vegetables for the entire week Additionally, quesadillas are super easy. All you really need is the two tortillas or one tortilla cheese and whatever you want to put inside it or dip it in. 
Additionally, kind of like charcuterie board lunch boxes. I like to call these like fancy lunchables as a lot of us grew up at least like I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say eating regularly, but we all know what a lunchable is. And this is like the adult version where you can kind of like, I don't want to say get away with it, but it's a bit more fancy and you can kind of just add in like your cheese and crackers, nuts, meats, and fruit. And additionally, overnight oats is kind of another staple we recommend for college students because all you really have to do is pour your ingredients the night before, let it sit, and then you can be on your way and go off to class or work or whatnot and have your breakfast all ready for you. And moving on to our snack section, these are very easy snacks that you can add. Additionally, something I'm thinking of now that you could have in your dorm room is peanut butter. I feel like that's a huge staple you could have and you can add it to anything. And it's great for college. Additionally, also like real life after, <laughs> but also college. Uh, some great snack ideas include like apples and bananas with peanut butter, just like dipping your apples or putting peanut butter on your bananas. Additionally, dried fruits are a really great option. Popcorn, as we mentioned before, is a really easy option. I recommend trying to stay away, try to lean more toward like the lower sodium options just because there can be a lot of sodium in popcorn. Additionally, like dates and peanut butter is a really interesting snack idea. I feel like dates don't get as much love as they deserve. And Those are my thing right now. They, so it good. tastes like candy if you like yeah. eat, like you put, you cut it open, take out the seed and put peanut butter in the middle. Some people have also like frozen them I've seen and like mm. also frozen grapes. I didn't write that down, but if you freeze grapes, they're so good because then uh, you get that crunchy. I don't, I don't like them. I don't know why. I think they're like just frozen like too grapes? cold for me. Oh. I love grapes. I love grapes. I think they're just too cold when they're frozen, but I, I get the hype. I get why people like them. Right, right. If you're a bit sensitive to coldness, you might not like it, <laughs> but you could try it. Additionally, pretzels are super easy. You can dip these in hummus, peanut butter, whatever you'd like. And then lastly, vegetables and hummus is super easy. And there's so many good hummuses out there that you can try. Yeah. They even have like dessert hummuses now too. Like those. Yes. Like I saw like, I feel like the chocolate ones. Yeah. Yeah. Aldi always has like really fun ones. Mm-hmm. Would be good with veggies. I'd be like more like a pretzel or a fruit thing you want to have with it. Yeah. Um, I think all I'd add to that is like string cheese. That's like a staple for me is like Ooh, string cheese yes. and fruit. Pretty cheap for what it is too. Yeah. Super easy. I'd say I have like all of these things you just listed off like on such a regular basis, even like as a post-college person, just with such easy, like cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. People think that healthy eating has to be like some ridiculous, crazy thing. It doesn't have to be. These are like no dietitian approved, like super easy, <laughs> healthy meals. You can have like literally every week if you want to. Mm-hmm. Cool. I hope you, you guys took something away from this episode, whether it was a new meal or snack idea that you're interested in. If you're going into college, oh my gosh. This will be coming out right at the kind of the start of the academic school year. But if this is your first year, congratulations and have fun. And we hope that we provided you with some advice on how to navigate, whether that's dorm room 
staples or dining halls or just really if you guys got a better understanding of why nutrition is important, especially around academic performance. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. Cool. So okay. our bonus question this week is kind of going along the lines of a cheap food item to stick with our college theme is the question for this week is what's your favorite style of egg? And I'm pretty confident Hannah and I won't agree on this. I don't think so either. And as always, my answer is it depends. (laughs) I never have a, (laughs) a solid answer. It depends on what I'm like eating it with. Like if I'm doing it like just on their own, I like I'm scrambled. If I'm doing it like on an avocado toast, I like it to be over medium. If I'm doing like an eggs Benedict, I like it poached. Like it really depends for me on what I'm eating it with. But if I had to like give one answer, I would say like an over medium, over easy style is probably my favorite. Okay, cool. Yeah. My answer is sunny side up because I cannot cook that myself because I always undercook it and I hate runny whites. It freaks me out. It's like gooey. So gross. I can't stand it either. Like I'm fine with the yolk, but yeah, me it's too. the whites that I'm like, ew. They get like all like mucusy. It's so gross. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. so yeah. normally whenever I go to a restaurant, I order sunny side up because I know they'll cook it right. Yeah. Um, but that is my favorite. Okay. Do you ever do like scrambled or anything? Or do you like I, almost always do I always like overcook scrambled? Like I mm. manage to overcook it every time. Yeah. And then it's like gross and dry. So I've not gotten that down. I haven't mastered it. Mine are fine. I mean, I wouldn't definitely like serve them to others and be excited about it, but like I have, they're fine, but mm-hmm. I agree. It's hard to get those right. I haven't mastered those yet. Yeah. I've never made poached eggs myself, but I want to try. That's something I feel like that's my second favorite type of egg only because yeah. I also can't cook that. Me neither. I'll I've seen so many out. videos, but. So many like TikTok hacks. I'll have to try some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. This. I also like hard boiled eggs. Those are like another easy snack that you could mm-hmm. go to. I use those all the time for like an easy snack or like put it on a salad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was easier than our usual debate. I feel like we kind of agreed. Kind of. Kind of. But, but also not really. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Well, I hope you guys like this episode. We really are trying to give more like practical like tips and advice. We also keep, we want to keep talking about like diets and like diet culture and that kind of thing. But we do want to mix in more episodes like this, where we kind of just give advice you can actually like take and run with instead of just talking about like the science behind things. So hopefully this was something you did like, and if you did let us know, so we know to make more of these kind of things. So hope you guys liked it. Yeah. And let us know what your favorite style of egg is. Yes. Oh yes. As always. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Yes. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. 
Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.